The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies! Movies! Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Top Five Movies. I'm Jonathan Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. All right. And We're taking that from you. <laughs> and this week on uh, Top 5 Movies, we're going to be looking at our Top 5 Crime Movies, inspired by the release of not one, but two crime-themed movies this weekend. Um, White Boy Rick came out, um, which I saw on Friday night with my daughter, Taylor. Um, we both liked the movie quite a bit, uh, McConaughey in that. Um <laughs> And then uh, yesterday, on Saturday, because we, we record on Sundays, but this comes out on Thursday, um, I saw A Simple Favor, which is uh, Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, and, ooh, I'm going to forget his name, the guy from Crazy Rich Asians, um, Henry Goulding, I think? Um, it's something like that. Uh, and it's the new Paul Feig movie, who notoriously does comedies. Uh, this one is a crime mystery drama if you look at like imdb but there's definitely a lot of humor in it and i would argue that it could even be argue, uh be said to be a satire or parody of the genre um very much reminiscent of like gone girl and uh the girl on the train but i gotta yeah. say i loved a simple favor which i went in very apprehensive not expecting to um think highly of it but i found myself very entertained um, I thought the story was competently told, and it was a lot of fun, um, which was not what I expected. So, um, that is uh, my review for that. Will be up this week, but that's the motivation for our top five crime films. Um, did you guys have any troubles making your list this week? Well, see, I, I was thinking you were going to say films that were just a crime to watch, but I got. Oh. Definitely could have been. We tried to do that at the end of the year, though, but. <laughs> time i wish i could get back yeah for the list or just oh for the (laughs) for that list at the end (laughs) at the end of the year (laughs) got it um that actually uh i think that leads into before we get into our list for this week we do have to talk a little bit of business um mike and i'm out Corey, (laughs) um uh matt from what i watch tonight.co.uk and uh, Craig from Music Musings Podcast, uh, we participated in our annual now, this is our second annual, um, summer movie fantasy draft, where we draft five movies each, and we earn points based on their domestic box office. Slightly different from the way we did it last year, but I think it was better, except for the fact that I lost by almost 100 points, and I was in second Ooh. place. After you were winning for so long, you were so I was confident. For so long, it looked good. Um, it did. And to be to, like with me losing by almost a hundred points, I mean it was ninety-eight point differential from me and Mike, who is our first place winner. Um, Corey, I know that, that you'd mentioned that, so I'm still shocked because mm-hmm. I don't win anything. Well, and Corey, uh, you're in third place with sixty points behind me, though. So just to go to show the uh, severity of um, how bad Mike and I uh, kind of dominated the pack. I dominated solely from my first pick. I got the first pick of the draft this year, and that let me get Avengers Infinity War, 
which crushed at the box office, but had only like a 68 Metascore. That's uh, the, six, the Metascore is our percentage, which is not bad for a comic book movie, realistically. Um, and then I, I nailed like Ocean's 8. I thought was going to do really well. Uncle Drew did okay. Skyscraper did disappointing domestic, <laughs> but did really, really well overseas, but I don't get points for that. Um, but Blind Spotting was my, my dark horse pick. I was really hoping it would get a better box office. It only made $4 million in the box office, but it had a 76 on Metascore. Now, Mike's win is impressive for two reasons. One, he had Gotti on his list. <laughs> which had no, pulled from theaters. Which had a twenty four, a twenty four meta score, and only made four million dollars. So Mike got barely uh, one point. For I, I literally Gotti. tried to fix it so I wouldn't win. But what saved you was Incredibles made over six hundred million dollars, and had an eighty percent meta score. So you got a lot of points for uh, Incredibles two, and then Ant Man and the Wasp. Which made two hundred million, which is really good, but it had a higher meta score than Avengers with a seventy percent. Um, and so those two movies got you most of your points. You got fifty-five points from Christopher Robin and eleven points from Superfly, but only one point for Gotti. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I was trying to remember. I know I picked I've another never... another bomb. Oh yeah. man! Now, wow. um, unfortunately, Craig's first time playing, he did he he went a uh, indie route I almost next year because of Craig's choices I kind of want to figure out a, a system for like bonus points for movies that make under a certain amount like if you like go in knowing that like you're picking <laughs> indie films because he picked Hereditary which did really well for an indie film it made 44 million and 87 Metascore um, but he had Upgrade which is really good but it only um, I just had watched 65. that ah did you like it yeah, I just rented it, I think, Friday night. I uh, did. I wish I could have seen it on the big screen. It was good, but I yeah. know it would have been better. It was super cool. I really liked that movie a lot. Um, and he had The Meg, which did pretty well. It made $130 million, um, but only 45 Metascore. And then he had 8th Grade, which had a 90% Metascore. But, it should uh, have had a million, It should have made dollars. so much more money. It only made $13 million. But what really hurt Craig the most, his fifth movie, Replicas didn't come out um Uh it got shelved and so um and that didn't happen i didn't know i'd been checking for months to see if it was getting shelved because i still hadn't heard anything about it hadn't heard anything about it i think keanu reeves was supposed to be in it and um i'm sure is in it but it got either pushed back or shelved and so it made no points for him um i kind of want to let him pick something that nobody picked to like justify but i still don't think he can catch up to mike uh so i don't know that it would make a difference um and matt did well um, but what hurt Matt was Solo. Um, Solo was his first pick, and he we all expected I think it to do at least five hundred million, mm. and it only made two hundred million. Um, mm. And it ended up uh, Mission Impossible is only behind Solo by six hundred million, and Mission Impossible notoriously does not make more than like two hundred and twenty million. Where the Star Wars films have all been pretty consistently, at least since uh, Force Awakens, making a lot domestic. Um, Solo either showing fatigue. Or that we don't want uh, retelling of our favorite characters' origin stories um, in the Star Wars universe. It could be, considering the last one came out in December, it might just be fatigue. But um, and I mean, oh, go ahead, Mike. Well, sometimes we don't need to see the origin. I mean, it gets yep. more mysterious if they and, can. I, I know Boba <sighs> Fett was lined up for. But do we really need to? See, I, sometimes the mystique is better. 
I wouldn't mind a movie that just lets him be Boba Fett, you know, like not not an origin tale, but just like seeing him hunting something, you know. Um, if if anything, and they've thrown out EU, um, if they could throw uh, have something like Jodo cast and then do uh, M Night Shyamalan uh, twist, and then you realize, wait a minute, Boba Fett could be anybody because you know you don't see under the armor, except we kind of did. But anyway, yeah, nobody yeah, asked me these cool. things. Well, Corey, was, was the, you're the only one I haven't spoke about yet, and yours... Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I think you had the most consistent picks, um, with the exception of your fifth pick, but uh, your first pick was Jurassic World, and it had a 51 Metascore, um, and it, but it made $415 million, so you did really well with that. Um, you had Deadpool 2, which had a 66 Metascore, $318 million. so those two movies did really well. Um, it got you over 400 points, just for those two. Hotel Transylvania 3... Had a 54 Metascore, 164 million. So your third pick made the third most money. Your fourth pick was Equalizer 2. Uh, it made the fourth most money at 101 million with a 50 Metascore. But what killed you, I think, was your last pick, Slender Man. Uh, only it got made... desperate. Yeah, well, we, we were running bad. out of we were running out of picks. Um, I don't know what was left on the board at that time. Slender Man could have been a big box office success if it were good. It turns out it's the worst movie I've seen this year. Uh, <clears throat> Um, Joey, Joey King has become the, um, oh, what is her name? I can't remember. I've lost her name. She was the wife and the other guys. Eva, Eva Mendez? Oh, Eva Mendez. She is the, gotten the Eva Mendez. And I love Joey King. I hate to say that about her. It's just, she's not, it's just not working. Well, eight, only eight points from Slender Man because of its 28 Ooh. meta score. It should have been zero points. Yeah, it's really wow. bad. Maybe some negative. It was bad. It's super bad. Um, you, you know what? You know what's really interesting on top of it all? She uh, Clearly, Corey supported her own films. I watched exactly zero of my picks. Oh, I, I supported some of everybody's picks, I think. Yeah, I, I think I saw everybody's. Except, Mike, I did not see Gotti or Superfly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why? What are you talking about? I, 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 admit, I actually planned on seeing Superfly, and Gotti didn't come close enough for me to drive the distance. But I saw all of my movies. I saw all of Corey's movies. I, I saw all of Craig's movies except for Replicas, but I literally cannot see it. And I saw all of Matt's movies. Um, so the, the only person on the list who I did not see all of their movies is you, and you beat is me mine. by 90 points. So, wow. Um that said, Mike, uh, you get to pick a movie for the other four of us to watch um, as a result of our loss. I don't know if you've already decided or if you need some time to think. I, I am rethinking my thought because you will kill me if I go with my initial thought. Oh, and please I don't. will say what it is. Okay. Because And, and, and it's this is the Matrix at work because I literally literally posted on my, my – Snapo memes because that's what my Snapchat is. Oh, okay. The little meme, it, it, it's I, I forget where it originated from, but it's got the tire staring down the rabbit, and no, it's dude. true, you know. Yes, yes, I've I know. Seen it. <laughs> I know that's why I didn't pick it. I okay, know you're aware God. of it. So, and it's look, and it gives it the brief description, and I, I, it, I almost went with that, but I'm gonna oh, find man. something else that's more accessible that is probably still. Uh, even worse than Hudson uh, Hawk, if it's possible, which it is, because I've seen Hawk, lots yeah. of trash. Um, Corey, in case you don't know, Mike was referring to the film Rubber, uh, where a tire gains or telekinetic powers and goes on a killing rampage. Um, and when I said tire, I did not misspeak. It is literally a tire. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is. It quite. It actually starts interesting, it, and then it just 
intellectually <laughs> stimulating. Oh, it it, it, it kills your brain. Stimulating. Um, um, your brain is destroyed by the end of it. It's uh, uh, well, and they they break the fourth wall many different times. Um, it. I, I'm not gonna do that to you all. I wanted to, but I'm not. Well, we'll I'm find grateful, something because I don't know if I can we'll sit through something. rubber again. But <laughs> while while Mike takes his time to decide our torture, um, hopefully not too cruel. I I did pick a movie that I actually liked. I just want to point that out again. Last year, um, we we actually the three of us owe Big Tuna a movie still, and I want to remind all of us on the air what? that we have to watch Boo Two a Medea Halloween before. Oh, yeah award season because he beat us in the awards draft last year when and does award season start technically it started but academy award season it's like january ish is when they'll start making yeah. the announcements but yeah. but but i've been looking ahead at our movie club schedule yes and i think that you and i will be just fine i put i'm pretty sure i put boo to on our october list uh, and yes. mike i'd like for you to be a guest <laughs> on that episode if that doable for yeah, you right. I'm, um, I'm sure that when do you what day do y'all record we can we can work it out usually, usually fridays, fridays but, but we can fridays we, uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're flexible i'm a teacher though. friday i'm a teacher fridays you know we're teachers fridays are not really fridays like normal yeah and um so. but uh Bren, brendan so. who was also in that same uh system um he was given a different movie because uh he he swore an oath to another friend that he would never watch a tyler perry film and um, to honor that, uh, Big Tuna let Brendan see Sherlock Gnomes instead. Oh and, my gosh! Yeah, and Brendan did oh. suffer through that already. So we, Brendan's ahead of us. So we do need to get. That's just—he's a good man. He is. Dia- <laughs> I'm a little more sketch. That is diabolical. <laughs> yeah, and Big Tuna actually—I had forgotten oh. that we owed him that movie, and he reminded me when I was we talking about the summer it. draft. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. So now Corey and I, and now Matt and Craig, will have something to watch. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get Craig and Matt on an episode of Movie Club uh, that we'll do for Mike's selection. Um, or a, it could be a top five episode of um, the worst moments or something of that movie that Mike makes us watch. Um, the worst moments? I'm just assuming that it's not going to be something we want to watch. <laughs> but hey, maybe uh, Mike will surprise us and pick some kind hey, of like, yeah. his favorite we, we got to watch Boo 2 Electric Boogaloo over here. <laughs> I didn't pick that either. Remember, I got to suffer through it, too. Um, it just so happens I already own that movie because of a promotion that Regal Cinemas did last year, I think, when it came out. So, luckily, I don't have to pay anything to see Boo 2. But, um, that, that's on Voodoo? It is on Voodoo, yep. Sweet. And I thought I saw it pop on there. Yeah. So. Un- unfortunately, it is in my collection of films. Um, I am apprehensive about... Uh, I, I don't know if I need to watch the first one. Um, I don't know how I'm much. Not, I'm not. I'm not suffering is, for is that. It, is it not truly happening. gonna? Yeah. I, why didn't he pick the first one? That's cruel. Only now we're gonna go in without context. Yeah. You don't need context. <laughs> From what I've seen of Tyler Perry, you don't need that. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, I, hey, I would be hey, impressed I, if there's any continuity between the two films. He, but <laughs> was it was it Babylon that just had a Tyler Perry story where he gave someone a job? Yeah, he gave the guy um, the I can't remember the actor's name, but he was an actor on the Cosby Show, and he was yeah, uh, yeah, 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 working on Whole Foods. Because um, they yeah they were trying Trader to shame Joe's. him. Trader Joe's, I'm sorry. Yeah, Trader Joe's. They were trying to shame him, and uh, it was the, the 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 husband of I almost said Shia LaBeouf, Sabrina LaBeouf, um, the oldest one, right? Melvin. I, I don't know actually. I I have not actually read the article. I just heard a lot of people talk about it, 
And I, I was so, really shocked that people tried to shame somebody for having a yeah, job. Yeah, for having a job. And that that was crazy. But that, the, but then the Tyler Perry came in and did that. That's kind of cool. And yeah, he, wa- he was in Starfleet as well. So I'm kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, he I offered can, him can, a... Mm-hmm. An acting job, right? He yeah, did. He he did. He did, and he also he also was going to discipline uh, James T. Kirk for creative thinking on the Kobayashi Maru sim- <laughs> uh, that's right. simulator. Yeah, and t- Tyler Perry's been in some good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I just I've tried to watch the Medea movies. I find the Medea character to be too improv. Like the way the jokes will flow, it just sounds like he's battling <laughs> about. It took me forever to realize what, where the kids were going. Heller. And I'm like, oh, is that uh, one? Yeah. Well, see, you didn't even know. I didn't know, um, and I'm proud of that. Uh, so, <laughs> g- moving into this list, we will let you folks know when Mike chooses his movie for our summer movie fantasy draft, and we'll likely do it again next year. Maybe we'll have the same five on. Maybe we'll have uh, some different guests. I know the three of us will be there as long as everything stays the way it's been for going on three years, I think, or something. I don't know. It's episode 108 today. Um, <laughs> So oh my goodness! We've done this for two solid years now. I just had a thought of a film, and I'm trying to think of how it, uh, I'll dig it up and see how, where it's available at because this one is really worth watching if you oh, haven't okay. already. Oh, cool! Um, well, we're gonna get into crime movies uh, this week. Mike is gonna be going first with his number five, then me, then Corey. Um, if you've never listened to the show before, we pick our topics and then we make our list in secret. And the episode is us uh, revealing our movies, explaining why we picked it. And uh, sometimes making fun of each other or going, oh, what a great pick, because why didn't I think of that? Or like Corey and I have done, I think the last two episodes, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're syncing up on things, so who knows? Um, I, I had a hard time narrowing my list down this time. Like, I, I don't, a lot of them I've only seen once, and that made it harder to like, because a lot yeah. of times I'll let that, like the movies that I'm the most familiar with are going to make it to my top five. And this time, a lot of them I've only watched the one time. Um, and I'm like, wow, I don't know if that's a trend with this genre where maybe it's like once was enough. I don't want to sit through it again kind of thing. Not that I didn't like it, but that it's a, it's a tough watch a Sometimes lot of times. Sometimes they're hard, yeah. Yeah, so, um, Corey, before we get started, we'll give us a spoiler warning. Guys, go to com. I was going to say topmovies.com, um, and check out our list. Otherwise, full steam ahead, you've been warned, we will probably ruin these movies for you. <gasps> All right. Well, folks, Mike, Mike's movies have a tendency to be a little more obscure than mine and Corey's. So Corey and I like to wager how many of his films we've seen. Um, I think I let you go first last week, so I'm going to go first this time. I feel confident, though. So I think I'm going to go three. I think I've seen three of Mike's movies this week. I feel like he's going to pull movies out of his bag of tricks that we've never even heard of. So I'm... Still going to go with two. Okay. Mikey, what you got for number five? All right. Let's go right in. I feel like I talked about this one before, but um, I'm going to go with it anyway because it. I learned a little bit about it today as I was reading. But let me go right into it. A very, very young Keanu Reeves, Ioni Sky, who was once married to one of the Beastie Boys. I can't remember who, but you might remember her from Say Anything. Crispin Glover, and I'm not quite as young as them, Dennis Hopper were the main names I could dig up just from memory for 1996's River's Edge. And like I said, I feel like I've mentioned it in the past, but I'll go with it. And it literally starts with the murder 
of a high school student and the nihilism that basically dominates the entirety of her friends. Um, there's some semblance of caring or feeling in one or two of them, one of her better friends, not a best friend, because ultimately the guy that murders the girl is basically showing off the corpse. Oh, and, and none of them are not affected enough to even report it or tell it any anybody. And, you know, even, you know, it, not, nothing really gets them to care. And like I said, I learned a little more about it in reading. I didn't realize this had some basis in in, in actual fact. It was a 1981 murder case, uh, Marcy Renee Conrad, and it was in California. Again, it was she was very young. The murderer was 16 year old. It, cha- it changed. It forced the legal system to review juvenile sentences with regards to violent crime. Um, there are a bunch of films that deal, you know, with the idea of teens in this kind of life the 80s had obviously the river's edge there was another 80s one which i almost picked but it was just too glossy it was called uh, the boys next door it had charlie sheen and maxwell caulfield from greece 2 and um, pretty and i want to say that one also had some basis in, in truth but i can't remember and justin lynn's first feature if you've never seen it uh, 2002's better luck tomorrow uh oh, with yeah. asian asian honors students that kind of want to act you know they 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 are honor students but they don't want to live the honor student life and they kind of go not full-on thug but it 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 takes a dark turn it's really it's it's interesting it's such a big change that from where that's where he started and to see now you know he's part of the fast and furious and star trek franchises but all you know just those two very deal differently with disaffected youth but River's Edge just has this dark tone and gritty feeling. Um, Tim Hunter directed, and I was trying to dig up. There was something else he directed, and I didn't put it on this list for whatever reason. He didn't have a ton of um, film credits, but man, this one, this one's hard to, to, to follow up. I would like to revisit it to see how it holds up today. My fear is that it ends up being hokey. Um, I'm hoping not, but it just cuts so close just the way it was performed, the way it was photo, uh, filmed, and that's what made it my first pick for Man. my top five. Uh, now I'm wondering if um, Seven Mary Three song Water's Edge is like a reference to this movie, just because of the name, you know, that it's like by the river's edge, but um, is, uh, is Crispin Glover the killer in the movie? No, the, I cannot remember the really? actor. That He is not the killer, He but he does play, you know how he is, he's very quirky, he's very, yeah. and he very He's very Crispin Glover in this film, and uh, Keanu Reeves. They're all basically like, not quite metalheads and stoners, but they kind of are. Dennis Hopper was added as a character, and uh, like I said, when I read about the true life connection, I know that the people involved, a few of them, were very disturbed by it because it cut close to home. And even though the character characters were changed, and uh, it just was very. Well, and that is it, a trend for this genre too. I think is the true the true crime stories. Mm-hmm, but Corey, what mm-hmm. were you about to say? I had to look that up about what you were saying about the Seven Mary Three song, and it is based off of that. It's said to be inspired by that oh, film. Interesting. Okay. Now, yeah. see, I, I it's been a long time since I looked into Seven Mary Three, and then well, I'll have to read. read I was a bit. fan, and then um, Craig, uh, our band, opened for Seven Mary Three um, back in like two thousand five or six. 
um, in Ebor City. So like, I, I've not only was I a fan, but like I've I've shared the stage with those guys and shared. That's the really cool. Um, so well, like, that's really cool. That makes sense. I mean, because their name is even pulled from chips. So ah, well, um, that leads to me. Um, and I'm gonna go with one again. I've only seen this film once, but it was it was recent, and I really was kind of uh, I was just thrown by it. I was really like captivated by this film. It's called A History of Violence um, by David Cronenberg. Um, stars Viggo Mortensen, uh, Maria Bello, Ed Harris, William Hurt. Um, I think that's the main ones that I need to mm-hmm. reference. Um, uh, Viggo Mortensen um, plays like a, a normal guy just in the town. He's a normal dude. And people show up and um, accuse him of being this criminal, this like a uh, mob guy, and he denies it, denies it, and it's uh, it's impossible to talk about this film without it being a spoiler, to be honest, because the truth comes out that he is this guy that he's being accused of being, and we kind of see him become that guy again. Like he's clearly like he's pushed that person behind him, and he's moved on from being a criminal, but uh, when challenged and his life is threatened and his family is threatened. Um, he has no, no, you know, choice but to go back into it. And man, Viggo Mortensen's so good in this film. And I had seen the trailer for this back in 2005 and, and kind of shrugged it off as not that, you know, it didn't look very good to me. And I'd heard great things about it. Um, it's got an 81 Metascore. So I picked it up a couple, uh, either last year or the year before. And I, I sat and watched it and man, I was just super enthralled like the whole time. Viggo Mortensen, I think is often un- underappreciated actor. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like we often forget because he does kind of dive into these roles and he becomes the character that he is in the movies. Um, I wouldn't quite call him a character actor, but man, when he's a when he's a role, you just like I don't know if you guys have seen his new film, um, The Green Book, uh, with mm-hmm. him and Marshall Ali. It's uh, coming out this uh, the next couple of months, and he's almost unrecognizable. He's playing like an Italian mob guy again but he's like overweight and just completely different looking than he looked in uh captain fantastic from two years ago and wow um the trailer for green the green book looks amazing um i i can't wait for it but uh yeah history of violence i i was so so um so enthralled man and then for it to be a cronenberg film too because it's not uh, yep, it's not typical for Cronenberg. No, because it's drama, thriller. It's not like the, there's not the body horror that we're familiar with from like the mm-hmm, 80s and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really, man, uh, I just really uh, like this movie. I don't know if you heard me gasp a little bit. This one was on my top five list. I, I ended up dropping it down to my honorable mention. And the other one that comes to mind was Vigo Mor- uh, Eastern Promises, right? Wasn't he in that one? You know what? I haven't seen that one. I am familiar Re- with that Oh, I should, have, I should have dug that one up. I debated that one. Um, so now you know it's not on my list. But <laughs> Vigo, Mor- Vigo Mortensen, I mean, going way back, this, this guy is a punker guy and just kind of came out of nowhere. It's, it feels like it because he's been working forever. And I remember he was married, if I remember, to Exene Cervenka who is the singer for X, who I don't know. Have we talked about Decline of the Western Civilization documentaries? Penelope um, yes. Serious. Yeah, we definitely have. So that X, X was, the band X was covered by that. And I don't know if they were together at that time, but just this guy, like you said, I, I just have a lot of respect for him. And I, I, I initially, because I think the first time I thought of, of you know, seeing him was, was in uh, Lord of the Rings, but then looking back, I'm mm-hmm. pr- 
pretty sure didn't he have a, a, a little bit part in Crimson Tide? Uh, you know, I don't remember. It's possible. Uh, uh, but but, no, anyway, anything he does is just, he really gets into it. He and does. I was slow getting in on Captain Fantastic and ended up loving that one. Yep. Um, yep, he was also in Eastern Promises. I just put Green and, Book in uh, my watch list. And if I'm looking at, um, if Corey's doesn't have Eastern Promises on her list, either she hasn't seen it, and then she's going to need to, because not only does it have Viggo Mortensen, but it's got Naomi Watts in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I'm guessing it's not on her list since the side. Oh no, man, uh, he was he was he was in the remake of Psycho, the shot for shot remake. Yeah, he's the. Oh, that's um, right, GI Jane. GI Jane the is boyfriend, the one I'm thinking I think. of. Um, oh, I, seen, I, I think I saw GI Jane when I was a kid. I don't remember much about it, but we, not to not to dwell. We can't spend the whole evening on Vigo Mortensen. So, um, history of violence is my number five. Great pick, great pick. Um, Corey, what do you got for number five? Okay. Um. So, I decided to go with 2014's Nightcrawler. Ah, very good. Nice. Um, I have only I have only seen most of my movies once, but yeah. I just remember sitting in the theater and just, I don't know, uh, not quite believing what's happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that I've re-watched like, parts of it, and Bill was sitting with me. Um, I think I started rewatching it, and Bill was sitting with me, and Bill gets very uncomfortable when things get kind of awkward, and he just had to, like, jet. Yeah. That's right, because he did not see that in the theaters with me, so I was rewatching it. But um, Bill Paxton is in this, and um, now that I'm talking about him, oh my god. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't cry. The, the lead, lead... <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal! Thanks! Um, just... I don't know. Seeing him in that kind of role was kind mm. of whoa. Um, I don't keep up with his roles um, as much as I probably should. But go ahead. I've seen a lot of his. Not all though. I, I'm missing. I have some big Gillen Hall gaps. Um, but I I saw this only at home. I didn't get to see it in the theater. Um, it's on my honorable mentions. I considered putting it in my top five because I really liked it. But I've only seen it once, and um, it's it's such a winding tale too because it, it starts off kind of innocent and then as it devolves and you see the things he does to get, be paparazzi it's to get man, ahead and like yeah. just the ending i would never ask you to do something i wouldn't do myself or something and yeah. you're just like he's freaking nuts yep it's 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 an apt title for what he is and how you know it's cd yeah he's more than cd well, and it's probably not too far removed from the truth when it comes to because it's not you know, that scary. It's it's yeah, that's, that's a, it, this was one that was almost on my list, and again I thought, ah, people, have seen, you know how I do. People have seen it. I'm gonna move to other picks. Yeah, I I, I have kind of the similar. Again, though, this list was hard because some of the there are some movies that are iconic that could mm-hmm. have easily been picked. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to leave a lot of those off. I did take one um, that I feel like is super iconic that I, I just, I was so kind of floored by, I've, I've left it on my list. But otherwise, um, I, but I've got a huge list of honorable mentions. I'm hoping some of them, like <laughs> Nightcrawler just got knocked off. I don't have to mention it again because I'm mentioning it here. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Oh, this is a film a lot of my students actually had seen too for some reason. You know, they don't always watch this type of dramas and these this is kind of an indie you know, movie. It's not like a big budget blockbuster crime film, 
Um, but a lot of my kids have seen it. A lot of them are fans of Gyllenhaal because of Donnie Darko. Um, that seems to be one that like hits that angsty group of teenagers pretty hard. Um, and so they latch on to him as an actor. And uh, they seem to have seen this one more often than, than some of the other crime movies on the list. But um, yeah, I, I actually have been wanting to rewatch it because I, I enjoyed it. Well, enjoy might not be the right word. I was very invested in watching this film when I was watching it, so I could see doing it again. But um, all right, that's a solid pick for sure. And again, I'm a big fan of Gyllenhaal anyways. Um, let's go to Mike's number four. Oh, before I almost jumped into uh, my number three, I can't oh. believe I just almost skipped. Don't do that. All right, so Quentin Tarantino spurred a f- boatload of copycat films mm. with varying le- varying levels of success. Now, I see you thought I'd kind of pick, picking a Tarantino film. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still clogged up here. Mm-hmm. Sadly, my number four pick, uh, 1995's Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, isn't what I would call, or anyone would call, high-class cinema. But it did strike a chord with me, and that's why I included it. And maybe I probably should have put it under the need, you know, as my number five pick, but it is what it is. So I'm going to just name a few of the names from the cast. Andy Garcia, who I'll get back to in a minute. Christopher Walken, Christopher Lloyd, William Forsythe, Treat Williams, Steve Buscemi, Feruza Balkan, one of my favorites, Gabrielle Anwar. Except for a few missteps. Overall, uh, and... I'm actually kind of surprised at the different Andy Garcia films I've seen at the big screen. Um, he's a perennial favorite of mine, uh, partially because he cut his teeth uh, playing a one-off role uh, on a PBS produced, and it was only produced in Miami, but it might have gone elsewhere, called Que Pasa USA. Mm. And that I remember the episode and just kind of going from there. Him and... Uh, Steve Bauer, who ended up in Scarface, both started on that TV show. So uh, that's that was the one-two punch that drew me in. Gabrielle and Warren, Andy Garcia, who have remarkable chemistry to me in this. So basically, the what it boils down to is a film where anything that will go wrong, that can go wrong, will. And and basically, this Andy Garcia puts together a ragtag group of his friends of criminals for what is in essence a relatively simple job to intimidate the boyfriend of a mobster's son's girlfriend in in order to scare the boyfriend away from the girl and get that girl back with the mobster's son. I know that's really convoluted. But long story short, people end up dead. The wrong people. And then they're basically dead men walking in Denver and that's basically what gets I mean it, it, the title pretty much tells you that it's like I said it's way convoluted but Andy Garcia is charming enough for me I, this, I guess I'm fawning over the male actors today uh, for me to forgive this film's failings um, there we are okay well I like Garcia a lot um, I do I'm also walking in a crime movie is usually a good sell and then uh, mm-hmm. He is a he is a paraplegic mobster boss in this. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, he, he he goes for it. Um, but I I've seen two Garcia films this summer. Um, he's in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, um, in a smaller role. But then he's in Book Club in a pretty prominent role, and mm-hmm. uh, he he's super charming in that. Um, mm-hmm. I do like him as an actor generally, mm-hmm. so 
Uh, hey, that's that's an interesting one. Definitely not as strong uh, critically as your last film. Mm-mm, no, no, um, it, it isn't. It's I guess a guilty pleasure crime film. Yeah, and it's a film that's a crime to watch. You're pushing my, my concern because I have to now have all of your final three movies on my in order to uh, have seen them all. It's not looking good. Um, all right, I'm gonna go a little more mainstream. I think at least mainstream in the film community with my next pick. Um, I'm going with. Um, Martin McDonough, um, and uh, his film In Bruges. Ooh. Um, yeah. I I watched this uh, not too long ago, um, and then I was also I was prepping for uh, three billboards, but um, oh, I'm such a good one. I'm a big Colin Farrell fan. I, I've grown to really love Brendan Gleeson, and then uh, we got um, man, he's built really far down here. There you go, Ray Fiennes in this film as well. Um, it is uh, such a compelling crime film because our our criminal um, is in, on in hiding and he's sent to Bruges um, and I love how they talk about it. It's like oh, it's gorgeous there and he's Colin Farrell just cannot <laughs> stand it and is is miserable the whole time um, and he's done something that we slowly find out that he's he's killed someone he didn't mean to kill and. Um, because of it, he has to pay pay the pun pay the price, so to speak. Um, Brendan Gleeson is his partner, but is also working for their boss Ray Fiennes as kind of watching and waiting to hear what he's supposed to do about it. And it's it's complex. It's very funny, but it's also it's super dark at times. Um, I mean, it's just so brilliant. I, I've only seen it in its entirety once, but it was on like HBO or something, and I I jumped in a few times and saw like you know chunks of it. And I'm just every time I, I start watching it, I just die. Ray Fiennes kills me. Um, the phone conversations between him and Brendan Gleeson are so funny, and just because I love how there are these criminals, and they'll be talking about Bruges and how pretty it is and the the architecture, and the only one who doesn't appreciate it is Colin Farrell's character, and it's it just cracks me up. Um, yeah, there's there's some really great scenes in this film. I wish I had seen it more than once so I could easily pull them all to memory. I'm like looking at the pictures on uh, IMDb and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a great scene. That's another great scene. Um, there's some very violent moments, which does seem to be um, McDonough's kind of MO, where he'll give you a lot of dialogue and a lot of witty, dark humor, and then um, kind of ground it all with these violent scenes. Uh, Seven Psychopaths is very similar, and I could have gone that route too, because that one's I would say much zanier than uh, in Bruges. There's parts that almost feel like it's a dream in Seven Psychopaths, where you can't quite tell what's real and what's not. But um, in Bruges, it's a it's a great movie that I feel like a lot of people have probably still skipped or slept on, um, and you should check out. I need to revisit it. It's been a while. It was I. It popped up on a list a bit. I just don't have the connection enough to truly say oh, it's one of my top five. But I'd like to watch it again. Yeah, it really stuck with me after I saw it. Um, uh, so I, I, I let it be on my list. I've actually seen this one, and I started rewatching it probably a few weeks ago, and then I had to, you know, take that precious time and watch a musical that I probably just loved for a movie club. But <laughs> um, I, it's really funny, and I like got right past the part where he's like introducing himself to a girl. Um, that's like working on a film and I think he keeps calling the guy a midget <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah. funny <laughs> yes um, yeah. 
So I think that the humor is really good. And it is really funny when they're like going sightseeing through the city and he's just grumbling and mad the whole time. And uh, also I, that part where they're going up to the top of some tower or something to look over yep. the city. Yep. And they like say something to some overweight guy. Oh, the overweight <laughs> like, conversation. Yeah, really yeah. Really super. Oh, man. There's so He's so... Colin Farrell is so on in this movie. Like... He's super Irish in this one, which he doesn't always use his Irish accent. In this one, he's 100% in on it. Um, and, it, man, it's just great. I, Such I love Such an his, a-hole. He is. And, and, but he's like, <laughs> oh, my God. There's, like, like a he... charm there, too. Yes, but I think it's so funny because they're both hitmen, but Brendan Gleeson's character, you know, could totally just... He could just blend in with anyone anywhere, I think, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know that Colin Farrell has to do a whole lot of acting for that one part personality wise maybe not oh word. i don't know i've become a big fan of his uh a lot a lot oh. because of logos lanthimos um logos lanthimos with uh the lobster and then killing of yes Sacred deer. yes um, oh i didn't like that movie oh really Oof. we haven't talked it... about that i don't think um yeah well that's that's another time um all right that that's my number four Corey, what's yours i changed my number four right now (laughs) well it's like i've already talked about some of these movies but if they're really my favorite ones then so be it um i went with the place beyond the pines ah speaking of that's a good one yeah i forget (laughs) (laughs) one of the few eva mendez movies that is actually really really quite good good yes um i always will regret not seeing this in theaters yeah um i just I think that there's another movie on my list too that I think that just seeing like normal people trying to I mean I'm not saying that I support crime but trying to maybe rise above their circumstances um, Mm. might be a little more intriguing to me than you know I don't know but I like this movie a lot I I don't even know what to say about it. I haven't I, seen it in such a long time. I am. I'm going to talk about the director, Derek C. On France or C. In France. Um, I, we we've watched. Uh, I think all three of his films for Movie Club, um, yep. Blue Valentine, uh, oh, The Light so Between Oceans, mm. and then so um, good. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. And I I've loved all three of his films. They're very different in a lot of ways, but they all yeah. have. Uh, well, two of them have Ryan Gosling, um, and th- those are both excellent. Uh, Blue Valentine. I thought was so amazing, um, but Place Me on the Pines is really, um, I think the the thing that the film share is probably his his style of narrative structure. He likes to mix it up. He doesn't always go straight forward. It's not beginning, middle, end. Um, mm-hmm. In Place Me on the Pines, you have three different narratives being told um, mm-hmm. that blend into each other. They are almost three distinctively different acts, and um, you know you have Ryan Gosling's act, then it leads to Bradley Cooper's act. And then into uh, Dane DeHaan, right, Corey? Is that yeah. The, um, w- which is one of his hey, only good movies. Um, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say that. And then he you also a lightning in a bottle moment where he's he got has like two, two, two actors that don't make good movies but actually made a, an amazing film. Yeah, and Eva's really good in this. And Mershahala Ali is in this film too, which I forget about. Um, ben Mendelsohn, who both have had major careers since Place Beyond the Pines. Um it's such a, a intriguing like structure and how things kind of blend in. There's a lot of interesting themes being explored. 
it's it's a really excellent film that I had not heard about, and then suddenly, I think you brought it up to me first, Corey, and then it just kept coming up. People kept bringing it up, and I'm like, wow, I really need to watch this movie. All of a sudden, people are just talking about it. I think partly because The Light Between Oceans had came out, and people were, like, the film community that I follow socially um, on Twitter and such were all, ta- like, referencing Derek San Francis' other films, and uh, yeah, I've, I've become a big fan of his. I'm looking forward to see what he does next um he has a movie in post-production called metalheads uh i'm not sure if it'll be about like metal music and the people who like it or what but i'm i'm kind of in because i've loved his other three so um mike you got anything to add to the placement on the pines well uh the shocking thing because we've all you've all dodged the elephant in the room with regards to ryan gosling and Mm. that Um, that that oh I mean that caught me off guard. Totally and, unexpected. Yeah, and it's not not since well, I would say what Drew Barrymore in Scream did you see something quite like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, so early I was not expecting. It. I no, remember and, being taken aback by that. And so you know, people going in thinking, oh wow, okay, this is going to be a Ryan Gosling. They're going to be yeah, they're going to be very <laughs> yeah. very upset because that's not something you you typically see. And I think I've seen this once, but I want to revisit it because. You're right. It's got all this stuff going on, and it's a lot to digest. Mm-hmm. But man, what a ride! Yeah, and oh, uh, just... it's it's not as extreme as Barrymore's death, though, because like Barrymore's dead in the first twelve minutes. Um, right. You, but well, that, I think that makes it worse. Yeah. Because now yeah. You, you, you're, you've got his connection, and and when you care about a character, even though he might be uh, trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You still care. And well, yeah, and he that... he. You see, like there is a good guy mm-hmm. there he's beneath just, that, and yeah. he's trying to make good on it, and things go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the, then the and that's what the one of the themes the movie explores is like you know here we have a criminal, um, who's killed by a police officer, but then how the police officer deals with it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the fame, and then also, like, so the dirty cop elements of it, because I thought, is Ray yeah. Liotta in this, or am I dreaming of, is he one I of the, have to dig that up. I, I, it's possible, because they try to draw him into the, I gotta dig it up. It's I'm, been, I'm flipping through, I guess not. Corey, Cor, Cor, your pick, you should oh, know. Rose Byrne is in this, though, who, who she's Ooh, doing do great like right now. Bruce Greenwood. No, yeah, Ray Liotta is there. There he is. I knew yeah, he was the bad guy. Yeah. He's always that guy. Uh, um, he, he's got the because he's a creep, man. He oh man, oh, I will brings, never. That brings up Copland because he was the bad a bad cop in that one too. I mean, when he's in Goodfellas, I mean, the dude's pl- most of his career plays this kind of walk the line of bad guy, good guy. Um, yeah, even in B movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, jeez, guys, I saw uh, a lawful like entry. Yes. In the drive driving in Auburndale as a child. Oh. <laughs> Terrified. Do you watch? Do you watch that one? Jeez. I watch so many inappropriate movies, Mike. Oh yeah. I think every that's, single that's one of our us. MO. I think. Oh yeah. That's yeah, why we're is. movie lovers because we were all of us. We were, were horribly no scarred by films um, <laughs> at young ages. Um, oh no. Mike, what what do you have for number three? Because we are we're we're going slow this this episode. All right. Well, I figure Scarface would have been an all too obvious choice for this list. Mm-hmm. So I went with what you could consider to be a spiritual successor to it. 1993's Carlito's Way. Dang it. Now, yes, I am aware this is not a Tony Montana film, but there are a few similarities. Al Pacino's in the title role as Carlito Brigante. Brian De Palma directs, if I I believe I got that correct. You are correct. And and I was always curious to know if Michelle Pfeiffer was reached out to for this production 
uh, or uh, Robert Loggia because those two would have been oh man uh, there is there are a couple of the other bit players or smaller part players actors in this yeah. um, the addition though of Sean Penn he when I first saw him I'm like that who I had to look at him he plays an attorney uh, David Kleinfeld and who's a buddy of Carlito as he went up but uh, John Leguizamo is an up and coming gangster we've got this great line in it Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Um, so basically, the gist is Carlito Brigante is coming off of a five-year five-year stint in prison. His aim and his goal is to go legit since he's out of prison and not wanting to go back. But the way, and just like in Godfather Three, whenever you try to get out, they pull him back in, and that's really what's happening here. He truly does make an effort. Uh, part of his problem is his misguided loyalty, especially uh, to his lawyer. His lawyer is definitely no good and is always coming up with these different things, and that's what. <clears throat> leads him down a pretty bad path. Uh, Penelope Ann Miller is her role is Gale, and uh, I do wonder because I mean she is blonde, blue eyed, not exactly the same look as Michelle Pfeiffer, but definitely a much more sympathetic character than um, Elvira Hancock, mm-hmm. uh, which was the character in Scarface. I mean she truly does seem to support him all the way to the very end. Um, you see, Vito Mortensen's in this as well. Oh my gosh! I can't even remember what part he played. Um, I, That's like crazy. Lalin, Lalin, it's L A L I N is his name. I don't know. He's he's down a little ways on the cast list, so he might not be prominent. I've not. Yeah, he might seen this. I again. can't remember who who he might have played, but. Again, that that tells you how. I mean, that's ninety three, so that's that's how long this guy's been working. Yeah. I cannot believe I can't place where he was in. I gotta watch this again. Definitely avoid the the sequel, which is a prequel, Rise to Power. I think it was subtitled oh, Carlito's Way Rise to Power. Uh, I I never heard anything good about it, and this one's okay. It's fair rating wise. It, it, it hit the right notes for me, and again, thinking. I mean, it's a, a, not quite the Scarface take, and not nearly as violent. But well, there are parts, but not nearly as bad. So, well, that's my pick. Um, I I have lost this week because I will not have seen three of your movies. Uh, if you had gone with Scarface, um, <laughs> <laughs> which we finally got to watch. I know together. we finally saw it. Um, but uh, yeah, I knew of this movie. Um, it, it's apparently I just avoid De Palma, not on purpose, but. I have not seen a lot of his films. I didn't realize he'd done this one. Um, I need to... Uh, I'm kind of curious about it. Um, I like Al Pacino, obviously, and Lake Wazamo. I'm ten- I tend to be a fan. Sean Penn is up and down with me. Sometimes I really, really love his movies, and then sometimes I don't. But that could be the movies, not him. Um, I don't know if any of you have sat through U-Turn, but that movie really... Uh, oh, that's painful. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that was a dark time for Oliver Stone. Yep. Um... Uh, yeah, let's let's not talk about that again. But okay, so that's uh, Corey. Have you seen Carlito's Way? Nope. I I kind of figured no, but all right. So Corey, have you you've only seen zero of Mike's movies as well, though? Correct. That's correct. All so right, I so have to get the next two. Next two. Um, it's not looking good for us this week. Uh, Mike really has gone on the the, the standards. Um, I'm gonna go back into the path of the known. Um, with a uh, David Fincher film. Which could be almost any one of his films because he loves the crime genre. Uh, but I'm going with his 2007 entry uh, that also stars Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo uh, in Zodiac. Um, That's a great one. I, I 
I gotta admit, of all the true crime stuff that's out there, this is a story that captivated me before the movie. I bought the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the book. I, I was so fascinated in this this serial killer who taunted the police. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know what like enthralled me at that time. I, I started reading it knowing the movie was coming out. Um, I wasn't really that familiar with any of the actors at the time. Um, like Ruffalo wouldn't. I wouldn't even realize it was Ruffalo till years after. Um, when mm-hmm. he's cast as Hulk in the Avengers, that I was like, "Hey, what do I know him from?" I'm like, "Oh my God, he's in Zodiac!" <laughs> oh, he was in Zodiac with Iron Man. What a weird coincidence. Um, then uh, you have Anthony Michael Hall, not Anthony Michael, Anthony Edwards. Um, that's not who I'm wanting. There it is. John Carroll Lynch is the three name person I was trying to find. Um, <laughs> he is so creepy in this movie. Oh, I didn't realize Chloe Sevigny was in this. Um, I forgot about that. I really need to rewatch it. I loved it, though, when I saw it. Again, I read the book because I was so captivated by the story. Um, the book is written by the character that Gyllenhaal is playing, Robert Graysmith, I believe. That is his actual name. I wasn't sure if they changed it. Um, I mean, it's such a compelling story. Uh, of many things have referenced it. I actually was so into the Zodiac case that I bought any film that had something to do with the Zodiac Killer. Uh, that said, I've only watched the Fincher version, but I do own, I think, three other DVDs with the with a title like Zodiac Killer or The Zodiac or something, all inspired by the the murders, but not uh, not trying to tell the true tale like Fincher's film, um, or at least as true a tale as we can tell. Um, yeah, it's so it's such a gripping movie. Um, I've been wanting to rewatch it. It's just it's a two and a half hour film, so the commitment's there, and I haven't had the. Uh, you know, I, I tend to if I have if I'm picking a movie, I try to pick something I haven't seen more often than something I have, and or if I am picking something that I have seen, it's usually going to be something digestible and quick. You know, like Scott Pilgrim, I can throw it on any time or something like that. But uh, it's on my list to revisit. Um, but it's on it's number three on my top five crime movies. I looked at this one and I, I had a fascination. I read. Um... A bunch of the true crime books way, way long ago, and Zodiac was one of them. And that, that's the difficult thing is to adapt a true life story. And again, that's a common thing with this, where there isn't a clear resolution. And I mean, there are theories presented, and I think this very he t- took a lot of pain, uh, uh, stake. He took a lot uh, of information and, and, and came came up with a very possible viable, you know person that did it and but just we never know because zodiac did it and they were never found officially yeah yeah and that that's you would think that would leave you at the end very unsatisfied but this whole ride because it's a it's a commitment Mm -hmm. to sit with it it's several hours worth at least three if i recall correctly and Uh, but honestly throughout it it doesn't feel like it because there's just so much going on yeah, and it's it's a compelling true life story of the man who who becomes obsessed because in a way it deals with like obsession and um, like commitment because he is he's just a cartoonist and he becomes a detective essentially he kind of makes himself um, a detective and that's why he ends up working with Ruffalo and then the, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a reporter who kind of guides him and coaches him and this was kind of um, Downey Jr.'s cut, like step in the right direction because then he would do Iron Man two years later. Um, it had kind of become obscure at the point of this film. So uh, the film's success and his performance in it, which is great, because he is playing, like, an alcoholic reporter. Um, it's just it's super compelling, and it is uh, really, really 
I mean, it's Fincher, so it, it has that you know darkness and um, gritty. It's very gritty and uh, and the the murder sequences are horrifying. Like they're scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I really love the movie and it, it's it stayed with me all these years. Um, I did see it in the theater actually because I was so again I was like super intrigued by it i don't want to say like i was like into it but i was like i was so obsessed i think as a rep- i went to school to be a reporter this was three years after i graduated from college to be a reporter and i still had that uh invested interest in in like the investigative reporting um so i was i was hooked uh by the premise um so that's my number three uh cory what uh well if you have anything to say about zodiac or jump into yours Okay, I um, actually chose a movie. I think we did it for Movie Club. Anyways, 2016's Hell or High Water. Oh, mm-hmm. we did not do it for Movie Club, but we both did see it. Oh, I watched it because you liked it. Yes. So that's why I think that I thought that. Okay. Um, hmm. I think that, like, um, ugh, what do I want to say about this? Oh. I think it's really hard to not root for the brothers, uh, Toby and uh, Tanner, Yes. Um, who are only trying to save their family ranch, and also we've all seen how crooked banks are, um, you know, d- handing out mortgages to any and everybody, but in this case it was a reverse mortgage, so they start robbing banks to try to save their family ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the part where there's the standoff in the middle of the the highway and uh all the like vigilante justice like people start following them like just citizens Mm -hmm. with guns start following them from the bank to try to stop this um first of all if i make it out of a out of any situation where somebody pointed a gun at me and i might have died or my life was in danger i wouldn't be chasing after them for sure but um and then just seeing how I love. I like Ben Foster. I grew up watching him. I think it was a Disney show. Yeah, a long time ago. What it's called, but yeah. Um, I've probably talked about that before, but I just love seeing him play like these different roles, and I think that he doesn't get a you know a great number of roles. So I think it's interesting sometimes to see the ones that he picks. Mm Hmm. But yeah. yeah, he's in a new movie right now that's supposed to be pretty excellent too. Um, Leave No Trace, I think is what it's called. Oh. Um, but uh, this movie uh, it was written by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario. Um, he wrote uh, mm-hmm. um, Sicario Two, Day of the Soldado. Um, and then what's the? Uh, he directed the movie with um, Winter something. I can't think of what it's called. With uh, Winter's Bone. Is it Winter's Bone with um, Sir Ronan? Uh, no, no, Sir Sharon is not in it. It's it's, uh, oh god, it's the girl you hate. The um, oh Jennifer Lawrence. Nope, nope, that's not it. It's <laughs> then it's not Winter's Bone. Then it's not Winter's Bone. I didn't think it was Winter's Bone. That that is Jennifer Lawrence. It is um, oh man, why can't I think of what it's called? It was Wind Wind River is what it's called. It's not Winter at all. Um, oh Wind. Oh my god. Taylor Sheridan wrote that, which was yeah, a tough watch. And Corey, you hate the Olsen. Um. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth she Olsen. who shall not be named. Um, oh, no. I do. She was so good in that. Yeah, I don't think was. this. I feel like anybody could have played that part, though. To be fair, I don't Maybe. feel like it was a. I, I feel I like you're just hating on her because it's her. I don't <laughs> feel like it was a Clarice Starling type of role, though. I don't feel like it was a. Super... She didn't have as much to do um, as like in I... other roles, but uh, I do think she does a competent job in the film, and so does um, uh, 
Jeremy Renner. Jer- God, Jeremy I could not Renner. think of his name to save my life. Um, I like uh, his character a lot in this. Oh, he's very likable. I mean, you're meant to. Yeah. But and just the... In Hell or like, High it, Water, uh, since that is the movie that's actually been picked, uh, no. Jeff, Jeff Bridges is, um, again, reprising the cowboy role that I've talked about a few times. Um, Chris Pine is the lead. I, I really did enjoy this film. I need to rewatch it. Um, it is a modern-day Western in a lot of ways. Um, it is set yeah. now, but as far as, like, the we have robbers and we have the, the Texas Marshal. Um, and like, as you mentioned, there's uh, shootouts. I mean, it, it's even the landscapes and the long range. We get a lot of extreme long shots of, you know, desert and mountains. And it's it's just a really compelling film. And it's um, there's a really great scene in a restaurant that involves a waitress uh, with, uh, you know, Chris Pine and Ben um, Foster both kind of flirting. Um, and then later when Jeff Bridges, I love that. police officer, comes back and is trying to get information out of her, her kind of decision to uh support the the criminals the men she knew to be criminals by the end of their encounter um because of what they're doing like she kind of feels like she understands you know um the times are tough you know well it like i think that they do a really good job like really quickly not they don't dwell on it in this film but like showing what a hard time the whole town is in and how many yeah. houses are being foreclosed on or people are losing their properties it's oppressive like you can feel it like you can f- without them saying it or being like you're saying dwelling on it you just feel it you can feel the the depression essentially um of the town like not of the individuals but like of like the financial struggle that everybody's going through you can literally feel it in the movie and that is really great filmmaking when you can convey that kind of emotion through the screen into the audience that you can actually connect with what's going on without someone explicitly having to tell you times are tough, you know, or something like that. Like it's, it's such a good, it's such a well-made film. Um, again, it's one that I think a lot of people have slept on. And if it, if it's one that you didn't see, it's worth your time. Do it. My silence is, me saying I'm one of those people that have yet to watch it but given the pedigree and the movies that were written by this same writer mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'm going to love this and I don't know why yeah. I haven't. it's, it's <clears> got <throat> an 88 I, Metascore man like NF- 7.6 IMDB user score so this is, is one that that, voodoo? Um, it's somewhere I, it is I do it's, it's, own it, it is yeah. available on some yeah and I mean I am a Chris Pine fan save for, I know save for Wrinkle in Time which I didn't see but I've not read anything good about you haven't he read my pretty much <laughs> oh I see uh, well clearly <laughs> um, but no I mean I really wanted to see that one but I, I've got to see this one clearly yeah, you should. I think this is definitely worth your time, and it's up your alley, actually. So I totally recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know I will. I, I I was I slept on Sicario, and I oh yeah, or I hate yeah. myself for it because it was amazing. So with that, Mike, we're going into your number two, and this is either going to ha- give Corey her first point, and the I would say win since I got zero points, um, or Corey's like myself will have not met our goal. So. <laughs> And and I would be the humdinger. I would keep you and shut you out for my first K of this yes. season. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, say hey. <laughs> we need to keep track of this. Oh, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to start by going, because oh. Al Pacino shows up again in another one of my picks. And no, it's not Scarface. It is 1997's Donnie Brasco. Crap. A docudrama. Oh, crap. Ha-ha. 
a docudrama based on the infamous Joseph Joe Pistoni, an FBI agent in the late 60s, early 70s, who amazingly infiltrated the mafia into its deepest levels. Uh, in fact, whenever Donnie Brasco, which was his co- cover name, was picked up and pulled you know, from his uh, uh, mission, the rumor is, and this is, this is played up in the film, that the mafia, the people that he was involved with, truly believed that Brasco had been brainwashed to testify against the mafia. They, what? He had so he had so in, meshed himself into, and there were definitely some times. There's some moments of suspense where you just don't know what's going to happen. And he is deep undercover, and he's very method going into it because he doesn't see his wife, his daughters, his family for, and he can't tell her anything. Uh, his wife's played by Anne Hayes, hmm. um, uh, and just you see this change of character he's not the same and she notices it's very clear to her because he's assuming that he's so into that role uh, oh and i forgot to mention that donnie brasco is played by johnny depp and mm-hmm. he does such an amazing job overall i i my wife and i went to see these on the theater see this in the theater and i feel it's uh, one of those overlooked mob <clears throat> i mean crime films that just really worked for me and Al Pacino isn't the Michael Corleone Scarface. He's very understated. And there's just these little bits of character and, and interactions between him and, and Donnie Brasco. Just little, you know, when it comes to money and his, him showing him the ropes, you know, kind of bringing him in because that's how it works. You know, it's kind of, it, it, it really works works well for me. Um, and there you are. You need to see it. Yeah, it's not. I have not. And Corey, um, I thought there was a chance because of Johnny Depp, but I did no. see this. Oh, what? There it a is. A long time ago. I think I was in eighth grade. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, I was not. Totally forgot about Anne Hache. Yeah, uh, man, Anne Hache. I can't even say that name. Um, be thanks to Hollywood Babylon and the yeah, uh, that's a, that's why. That's why. Why? Um, well, we can't, we can't talk about the Hollywood Babylon part. No, but she was um, on a the, one of the most infamous episodes of Douglas movies. Oh yeah, um, where uh, she's in a movie called Catfight from I think two years ago that went straight to VOD. Um, but the director had already fought with Doug once on an episode um, because the guy drinks what? too much, and uh, he Doug let him on after the guy like kind of begged to like you know hey I'm sorry I won't do it again. Um, he did it again, and Anne Hayes jumped in and was really a a total butthole uh to doug (laughs) and um sandra O, I believe is her name that's the Mm co-star of catfight um she was super awesome despite all of the chaos uh falling around the other two were kicked out um she stayed and then doug got two fans on stage to play the games um but it's a it's an infamous episode of the show because aunt to me it's like aunt hey are you not realizing you're being recorded being a psycho like um, yeah, it was nuts. Uh, but I haven't seen Donnie Brasco, um, but Corey has, so she's one of her two. She needs to have seen Mike's number one to uh, lock in the win, but she still has more than me because I have also not seen Donnie Brasco. So, yeah. Um, do you have anything to add before I move to my number two? No. All right. Well, then <laughs> I'm going to jump in. Um, I, I actually I made a change early in this film because of Mike's uh, first pick, his number five pick, I should say, um, you reminded me of a movie that I, I almost left off my list. Uh, it's an Alfred Hitchcock film, but it's one of his... Uh, I wouldn't say it's his more obscure, but it's more obscure than a lot of uh, people would have seen. It's from 1948, and it's called Rope. 
Um, mm. Now, the most interesting thing about Rope is it is a film that appears to be all one take. Um, anytime he has to cut, which is approximately every 10 minutes, because the reels of film that they were filming on only lasted for 10 minutes, uh, he finds a way to cut without you seeing it. So all the cuts are hidden. Like he might, um, sh- like the camera will turn to a room that's empty and you'll hear stuff happening, um, but we won't see any changes when the camera switches over because we're looking at an empty room. So there's no movement. Camera's locked into position. So when they change the film out, it just starts recording. You can't tell there's a cut. Or there's some more obvious cuts where like he'll push in to somebody's jacket so the screen will go all black and then pull back out for no apparent reason. Um, sometimes there's a slight passage of time, but for the most part, it's just there to hide the cut that's going to happen. But it's meant to look like one long continuous movie, like uh, Birdman, the you know, or The Virtue of Ignorance, The Incredible Virtue of Ignorance, whatever the full title is, um, or uh, other films that have done similar feats. I think, uh, like, uh, my brain's gone off. But anyways, um, the mo- movie stars James Stewart um, as a, uh, I believe he's a philosophy professor um, or something like that. And two of his students believe they have committed the perfect crime. They have murdered somebody, uh, a, a guy they went to college with who they're not like a super big fan of, hid his body and are having a party with all of that dude's friends. <laughs> and they're, they've, they're so convinced they've committed the perfect crime that they're confident enough to have people over and they use the table they've hidden his body in as like the centerpiece of all the food and stuff. So like literally... They have snacks and things sitting on the table that the body is hidden in. Um, and it is crazy. Um, and that's what reminded me of it, Mike, is the two the, the fact that a teen kills a kid and then, like, takes his mm-hmm. friends to see it. Um, because it's that level of uh, arrogance, oh, wow. you know, th- that you see in this film. I believe it's um, John Dahl and Farley Granger are the two young men who have committed the murder. Jimmy Stewart, the professor, who um, ultimately becomes the detective character in the film as he suspects something is is awry and starts to kind of investigate and um poke holes in their theory that it's a perfect crime it's a very very hitchcockian film it's super compelling it's relatively short it's only an hour and 20 minutes but you got to remember they were making it look like it's one long continuous take so uh quite the feat um, especially for the time because there's no digital editing there's no digital film so a lot has to be done to make the effect work and it, it primarily does it's also very compelling uh Again, it's not one of his biggest films. It's not a film that um, most people, if you think Hitchcock, they've seen Psycho or uh, Rear Window, Vertigo, North by Northwest, um, or Birds. Those are like the big five. Uh, this is probably down like, I'd still say it's in his like 20 most known, but it's it's not in the top five, which is where I think a lot of people stop the uh, Hitchcock watching. Um, Strangers on a Train, I would say, is like number six like of popularity. Um, but there you have it, folks. Rope is my number two. Wow. One that I've not seen, so I can't really add to it. Mm-hmm. I kind of... I, I threw a curveball, because I usually go a little more mainstream, but Rope was one that I really enjoyed, and um, I could have gone, again, with Hitchcock. I mean, you could go the obvious Psycho or, or Rear Window. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even Vertigo uh, technically would qualify, and North by Northwest is a spy crime movie. Um it's more spy than crime, in my opinion, although I did see it on one of the lists. Um, but to me, this is a, this one is more about the crime itself. It's about the murder and how they get away with or how they think they're going to get away with it. Um, all right, Corey, that leads us to your number two. What you got? 
Okay. I've talked about this movie before, but it's 2013's Ain't Them Body Saints. And this is the second time that Ben Foster is on my list. Um, He plays a police officer in this film and um, has Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. um, Unbeknownst to Ben Foster, uh, Ruth actually is the one who shot him. Oh. But he's in love with her. So um, it just shows they're involved in crime. They're being chased by the police into a um, abandoned home. He takes the fall so that she doesn't have to go to prison while she's pregnant. And it kind of fast forwards um, and shows him escaping from prison and trying to get back to his wife and his daughter. Um, you know, I... You know, I, I was looking through the cast list, and I think, like, 7th or 8th build... Oh, it's a little farther down. Is Augustine Frizzell, um, who plays Sissy. Uh, she directed um, Never Going Back, which is an A24 film that I don't think got a wide enough release, but I saw at South High. I don't think I saw that. Um, which one? Never Going Back? Yeah. I yeah, you have it. It hasn't had a theatrical run of a any magnitude. but Oh, um, this is about the two teenage girls. Correct, yes. And I've seen the trailers. Okay. I, I've spoke to Augustine a couple of times. Um, I'm hoping to still have her on the show at some point. Um, she uh, was supposed to do it back in, I think, April. Um, it might have been May she was going to do it, and she got a job, a directing gig um, for HBO. And so uh, we postponed uh, until Never Going Back got a bigger release date, which was August, although it still has not had a big enough release date. But I just saw she was an actress in this movie, and then I looked, and she's also in Ghost Story, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, mm. Didn't realize she's been uh, in so many things yeah. as an actress. Because um, she's also in Pete's Dragon and Cresha, which I watched because that is the same director from um, uh, Trey Edward Schultz, who did uh, oh, they they come out uh, the night movie the what's it called? It comes at night. Um, he directed that, and so I watched Cresha, and she's in that. So I mean, she's had quite a career um, acting that I didn't know about, but she's very hmm. very nice, and I really really like her movie Never Going Back. Um, so sorry to, to deviate, but I was like, no, oh, oh, that's fine. I also didn't I realize this was David Lowery who directed Ghost Story, so it makes sense that she's in both. Oh, um, oh okay. So I need to watch this movie because I've not seen this, and I am very captivated by the cast and the director. So, um, and I forgot that Rami Malek is in this as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I've not seen it. Mikey, sounds like you haven't seen it either, huh? No, I haven't. I haven't. I have to, I'm adding stuff it to my watch list. It was on um, Netflix, I think, is how I saw it. I don't know if it's still there. It, I think it might have gone off because I had it on my queue for a while, and then I think it went away, and that's why I hadn't Aww. watched it. But I'm going to uh, check into it because I really do want to see this. I am a big fan of Rooney Mara. Um, I like Casey Affleck as an actor. I know it's not popular to say. I'm conflicted. Yeah, I know. I know he's I'm... an awful... Although I've heard he's trying to redeem himself. Um, so maybe, maybe that will, uh, make it okay again, but he is, I tend to like him and stuff, um, at least as an actor, again, not, not condoning anything he's done, mm-hmm. but, um, or at least he's been accused of doing, but, um, Mike, uh, what have you got for your number one, sir? All right. I think I should be, this should be enough for it, but I'm going to add probably more to it if we need to. Um, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Uh oh. Oh no? That doesn't ring a bell? 
Oh, I, that was line. Quote. I thought you were yeah. saying it. <laughs> I thought you were no, really committing something. that's a something. quote. That's like the first line in the film. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, it's, it's it got our buddy Ray Liotta. No, it's Oh, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, Goodfellas. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. We, the, this one I felt pretty much didn't need much of an introduction, but I guess it did. Oh, I Maybe mean, my delivery my is not quite Ray Liotta-esque, so I will say that. To be honest, um, I've only seen it all the way through one time, and it was a few what? years ago. What? Yeah, well, you know wow. what? I came very late to this genre. I was uninterested in the gangster movie, which I feel like Goodfellas also oh, qualifies. Oh, man. Um, and yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be too it surprising. Does. It does. I just finally um, saw Scarface. <laughs> that is true. Well, I mean, what's crazy is I know I've posted this because this, there's so many little bits and pieces, and one thing that stuck out to me is when they, there's a cooking scene in this, of all things that stick out to me in a crime film, because there's a lot of violence. Joe Pesci is way over the top. He is very Joe yeah, Pesci in this um but in prison and he even prefaces it in prison dinner is always a big affair and you get he's uh, paul servino is taking a razor and making thin thin slivers of garlic and i'm like oh man i wish i could do that because basically what they do is when they add that to it it, it kind of dissolves and it's not like these car- garlic you know grated garlic that's into it it, it, it blends into the the flavor and uh, again this is a crime film not a not a gastronomical film um <laughs> this one was for me the no-brainer this was my number one pick right away i had no qualms about it i literally watched this probably two times in the last two weeks oh wow it's been on it's been on whatever and um i'll put it on because it happens to be the tv edit so some of it's a little toned mm. down and i don't feel yeah. too badly about it and I don't have to cough very loudly through the the <laughs> litany of, of expletives. Uh, it's just yeah. the the violence that you have to go through. But I've lost count how many times I've watched this. I've not read any of it, the Wise Guy stuff, um, the books based on it, and all that. But or the books it is based off of because it is called from <clears throat> from real life as well. Just. Um, Man, it's like that trifecta. It's Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and then throw in Paul Sorvino. Um, oh, I'm missing the female leads because they're very good. And I've just went Lorraine Bracco, just so good, who later on went on to the, the Sopranos. Uh, just overall, just this is it. This is you see the workings. Like you said, it works as a gangster movie, but you see the criminal element to it because he's he's all in all a criminal. And even from a kid, he, he, he did it for respect. But, you know, his mom and dad catch on pretty quick. And mm-hmm. the poor mailman has to pay for it by almost getting shoved into a, a, a pizza oven. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's a film that I, I, I'm a Scorsese fan. I do have a tendency to have only seen his movies once, um, despite liking them. It's just they're all often very long. Um, they they often are emotionally draining um, as things never go well it seems like I mean because um, I don't want to steal Corey's number one I don't know what hers is but uh, like The Departed Wolf of Wall Street Taxi Driver mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've not seen Mean Streets that's on my list to watch but that's another one I know is crime oriented um, it's okay it's um, alright but it's an early De Niro and Scorsese right, collaboration right. Um, which of course that's the other pattern you see him and De Niro work together uh, frequently through the early years, and then you see him in DiCaprio later. But they they all often center around crime, um, which is why when there is a uh, when he steps away from the crime story, 
it is very compelling too because it is like oh what made him go away from the true crime right with silence uh, which it kind of deals with crime but in a different way and i guess even if you want to argue last temptation of christ deals with like sin i guess right so that's a, a mm-hmm. crime it does uh to a degree i guess you could argue um but uh yeah, I, I'm a fan of his, and I really like Goodfellas when I watch it, and that's um, Sam Jackson's um, first movie, yeah. if I remember correctly. He has a super small scene, but... Um, um it wasn't... Didn't he play... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, it couldn't have been his first uh, film. But Spike Lee? Yeah, he's in Do the Right Thing as the DJ, um, uh, which might serve there's, a there's year or two. earlier role, maybe. Uh, there's another one, though, where he plays a drug addict, I thought. I could be okay. getting him mis- mistaken with someone else, though. Well, I think that's in Goodfellas, isn't he? A, he's a drug addict that they murder. Uh, he's just someone that's really late, and he he okay. drops the ball in moving a vehicle after a caper. And that's what he it was. Gets killed, killed. Yeah, for yeah. It. I knew, he, I knew he was killed in the scene. He's not there very long. Um, no, very but, quick. Because Goodfellas is nineteen ninety, right? So, uh, correct. That is yeah. correct. Yeah, right. but um, I definitely, I very much enjoy this, uh, Corey. I, I am assuming you've seen this, but have you? I. You know, I think my dad liked it when I was a kid, but I can't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. The only pick on Mike's list that I would say is a mainstream movie. Although, to be fair, Carlito's Way and Donnie Brasco are, uh, I think, people who love crime movies or gangster movies, those are, like, mainstream. Um, They're not mainstream for me. Uh, And they're not, like, Scarface or The Godfather, which I think are, like, the big... I think Goodfellas, Godfather, and Scarface are the big three gangster movies. Like, those are Mm -hmm. the the staples which i've seen all of those although i was very late to uh the boat with all of them um but mine i'm going a very different direction and it's a film i just recently watched Um, i'm going back to 1969 uh it is a true story though or at least it's based on a true story um and it stars paul newman robert redford and um catherine ross uh directed by george roy hill butch cassidy and the sundance kid what yeah i Uh just watched this movie for the first time I think two weeks ago maybe um and I loved it I had such a blast with this film um and I was so kind of thrown away not thrown away uh blown away I should say much like the uh train that they rob early in the film um, <laughs> and I was like I was you know I kind of went in not sure if I was gonna like it I don't always like westerns and I wasn't sure, like, tonally, because the, the thing that's about this movie that really threw me was the score is not like Westerns at all. Mm-mm, um, mm-mm. And uh, I'm forgetting the, the guy's name, but I know he was in, is it Burt Bacharach, I believe, does the score mm-hmm. for this? Yeah, um, I believe you're right. The that main... raindrops keep falling on my head. Yes. The bicycle riding yeah. scene. Bicycle and I, I, it's so great. And then all of a sudden they get caught and then they got to take off. Uh, but I'll be honest. I have not watched this from beginning to end. I just oh, wow. know the bits and pieces. And this is a classic. I, I, it I, I, it's a great choice. I need to watch it. And it is available right now. I know. Yeah, and what. it's it's on the top 100 movies on the AFI list. And that's one of the reasons I chose to watch it when I did. It's also a film I'm planning on showing my students at some point this year, um, which is great because it is a PG film. Um, it yep. also, uh, I had this painful revelation while watching this. I've always known Robert Redford was uh, the founder of Sundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film festival oh my never gosh. clicked why it's called Sundance um, until watching this movie. <laughs> and I was like 30 um, minutes into it. I was like 30 minutes in and I was like, yeah. 
his name's I really like Sundance. I'm like, oh my god, that's why it's called I, Sundance. I laugh, but you know what? I was probably however many eight years old when I found that out too. Yeah. So there I, we are. I was I was very like it's such an obvious thing, but it just never clicked. Um, yeah, it. <laughs> I always wondered why it was called Sundance. I just <laughs> never. Why didn't they call it Cassidy? I'm like, why is it in Utah? Is the sun dance in Utah? What's going on? Um, <laughs> never made the connections. Uh, sorry, folks. We are we are here to educate. Sometimes people. I'm smart, and other times I am stupid. So, um, and Catherine Ross, uh, I I'm I've only seen her in this and The Graduate, um, and I really liked her in The Graduate, despite some of her obnoxious crying sequences. Um, I really like her a lot in this movie, though. I think she's terrific. Um, I don't know if I've seen Paul Newman in much else, but man. The two of them together have so much charm, and I, I love the action sequences and even the mannerisms that this, that Sundance has, like how he shoots the gun. Like um, he does these like moves. He doesn't like just shoot like stable. He doesn't pull the gun and shoot. Like he's moving and uh, it's just it's just awesome. Have you? And this is a big hole in my list. It's not even in my honorable mentions. But have you watched Cool Hand Luke? I've not. It's on my list as well. Add, okay, add, that is, and it would. I guess it would have fit for this. It just didn't occur to me, and that's. Oh, yeah, you need to. Yeah, it's it's on my uh, Cool Hand Luke's on my list, and um, there's another movie. It's not Paul Newman, but it's another movie. Like it, it always they they're linked together. Jacob's Ladder. I don't know why. Whenever I hear Cool Hand Luke, His... Jacob's Ladder pops up in my head too. I don't know He's what there is. I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. Okay, in my head, okay. they're connected. That I one, think solely because a, of the names, like Luke and Jacob, that, for some reason. Okay, well, that's a trippy ride. Um, I would say to watch it, and then when you get to the end, you're like, "What did I just watch?" Tim Robbins, woof. Ah. And I think Liliana Douglas. Um, yeah, at the end of it, and I want to say Macaulay Culkin pops in too. Really? Well, that's weird. I think um, I could have I could have the, the wrong person. But it's been a long time. But anyway, that's my number one, Corey. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you have not seen Butch Cassidy. I have not. All right, so um, then let's move to your number one. What okay. have you got? I have 1985's Clue. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> Which is totally a full swerve from yeah all the other movies we've mentioned. But um, I actually did some reading on this movie today. I really like Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's so fun and animated um and we have all of these includes my favorite board game i want that to i play never it. get to play right That's i know I because feel. you you have to have more than two people like i can't just rope bill in Ooh, because movie. then you just you know then you just know what it is but also i think i'm gonna buy myself golden girls clue who oh, yeah. ate the cheesecake so <laughs> maybe then i can rope some more people in but we have all these people show up to this uh, mansion. I um, I totally didn't realize that it's Hill House, which doesn't that go back? Doesn't that um, the house on Haunted Haunted yeah. Hill? Oh, um, is it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I could see. That's that. what it made me think of when I was reading. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we end up finding out why they're all there. Um, someone's been blackmailing every single person that is there, and the butler is trying to um, expose them, or help expose them. And I did not know this, because I've only ever seen this movie came out the year I was born, so I didn't get to see it in theaters, unfortunately. But 
I have it on DVD, and you just get to see all three endings then. You get ending A, B, and C. But apparently, when it was released to theaters, mm. random theaters got random endings. Oh, mm-hmm. Everyone awesome. didn't get them. Yeah, right? Wouldn't that be so cool? You're, like, talking to your friend about this movie. and they then did they're just talking do that with uh, Unwanted, or, I'm sorry, Unfriended, Black, oh. Dark oh. There were two endings that, depending on which screening you went to, depending on which ending you got. Um, although I heard it was at the theater's discretion, it wasn't as random as what you just described. But oh, well, I think this is a fun movie, and it has Christopher Lloyd in it. Um, yes. So that's my number one. I haven't seen that in years, but I, I used to yeah, be a big fan. Um, same. Because it is a lot of fun, and Tim Curry is great in it, and the the whole ending sequence when they're explaining everything is so much fun, and them like running back and forth between the rooms, yes. um, it's super fun. Uh, definitely a cool pick too, because as like you said, it, it tonally is very very different than everything else we've done, um, but that's okay. That's what makes it all the more fun. Um, that said, we're at, up to honorable mentions. Uh, Mike, do you have anything you want to say before we head out? I have a bunch. Uh, yeah. Some have been, have been mentioned before, and we've talked about a couple here and there as we were speaking. Uh, Dogville was one, and we've talked about Lars von Trier before with uh, Nicole Kidman. I need to watch that Oof. one. Yeah, that, one, that one's a tough watch. Heat was difficult to leave off the list, but just so good. I still uh, haven't we, seen Heat. <laughs> Oof, we need to watch that one. We'll have to dig that one up because I will, I have I will watch that again. Okay. It's, it's, it's so just, long. It's, it is a long movie, but I mean, we sat through Scarface. You're right. And you're Heat right. is much more faster paced, I think, than Scarface is. Um, the Usual Suspects, all these were tough to not include. Yeah, they've, they've Usual gotten, Suspects was tough. They've, they've gotten mentions before. Miller's Crossing, Gouts. I put The Departed slash Infernal Affairs because I want to make a nod to the original yep. uh, History of Violence we talked about. And. My last pick, which I really, really wanted to include because I figured no one else has seen this one, um, Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel, uh, directed by Abel Ferrara. That is a – we've talked about this a long time ago, just some of the stuff. He's basically a corrupt police officer, and just the things he has – he does throughout the course of a day, and then he gets – uh, because of the murder or attack assault on a nun, he kind of gets – changed a little but he's hmm. still a bad lieutenant so there you go. uh don't don't mistake that one for bad lieutenant something new orleans with nicholas cage not even don't i don't <laughs> even know why they did that so just be sure not to just do that to make sure um i have uh sicario uh the wolf of wall street the departed hell or high water which i i think i might have mentioned I, I don't think i did i didn't say that was on my honorable mentions i don't think when Corey said it um drive the nicholas winding refn uh movie with um Ryan Gosling. Uh, I had the town Ben Affleck's movie. I really like the town. Um, it, it's it's a crime heist kind of movie. Um, a taxi driver, which could be argued not straight mm-hmm. crime, but I, I like it. Um, I would I would allow it. Um, Gone Girl, another Fincher film. Um, uh, North by Northwest, Jackie Brown, which I love. I think underrated Ooh, yeah. Tarantino movie. Um, and then uh, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, which could go the whole Ocean series, but that one's definitely a heist movie, but obviously a heist film is a crime film. It's a subgenre, <laughs> but um, that one's, to me, if we were talking about like tonal, like with Corey's pick for Clueless, Ocean's Eleven falls into that because there's a lot of humor in Ocean's. Um, there's an air of kind of like silliness about that whole movie that I really, really love. And um, 
Sodenberg's other film, more recent, the Logan Lucky, which is I think takes the humor up a notch because he goes very stereotypical Southern uh, with a lot of his characters. I mean, Shannon Tatum and Adam Driver are playing hillbillies essentially, um, and and partly that's why people underestimate them. They're they're as smart as Danny Ocean and his crew, but they are uh, they don't come off that way. You know, they're not wearing suits nor are they fancy or talking elegant. You know, they're um, very, very different. So, um, those are my honorable mentions. Corey, what about you? Sicario. Mm-hmm. Spotlight. Oh, I consider it Spotlight as well. I also have The Town and Drive, um, Wind River. Mm-hmm. And Gone Baby Gone. Oh, yeah. Gone Baby Gone was so good. I need to rewatch it. I've only seen it the one time. Yeah, I, I've only seen it once, too, but I, I, I really, really liked it when I watched it. Um, Another Casey Affleck movie, um, and M- Monaghan, Michelle, M- Michelle Monaghan, something Monaghan, Megan. I can't think of her. She's in the town also, though. Really like her. She shows up in a lot of stuff. Um, like her a lot. I think it's Michelle. But um, anything else? Where I sorry if I cut you off there. Nope, that's it. All right, folks. That is our top five uh, crime movies. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with another topic. Uh, we'd love to know uh, if we missed anything that we didn't mention in honorable mentions or in our list or that you think needs to be on a list, or if you just want to share your top five crime movies, you can hit us up at contact at BurkeReviews.com. That's contact at BurkeReviews.com, or reach out to us on social media. I am at BurkeReviews. Uh, Corey? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey? At Server Mikey. And we would love if you would uh, rate and review our podcast on whatever medium you use, if it's Spotify or iTunes, uh, Google or Stitcher or wherever we are available, wherever podcasts can be heard. Um, Tell your friends about us. Share us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, Just help spread the word. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll be back. Uh, Until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts, covering the entire movie verse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.